Over the past 10 years of preaching at memorial services, there is not one I can remember where I was more afraid that I might get struck by lightning. And that is to say, of course, that I, like many of you, experienced our beloved Vivian as a force of nature. Hers was a presence that would fill any room, and even that isn't saying enough. She used to point out to me the odd coincidences that I would call her simply when she thought she needed to speak with the rector. It happened often enough that I would get a bit nervous just before she would come in the office door. There was such a profoundly intuitive side to Vivian. It seemed she was connected to the universe and to those she cared about in ways few of us can begin to imagine. Her heart was so big, its bounds were well beyond her physical body and perhaps even her physical senses. That's what I mean by her being a force of nature. Like sun or storm, like wind or rain, I could take shelter if I needed to, but with Vivian there was no stopping the drafts that might creep in through the cracks, or the water that might sneak in through the gaps, or indeed the ray of sun that would get inside even if the curtains were closed. Like the weather, she would find her way in somehow. And simply her presence irrevocably changed the outcome of the meeting, the day, or the life. Now, to be in conflict with Vivian from time to time was to get to know her. I learned to watch what I said to her with enormous care. She was simultaneously deeply vulnerable and astonishingly resilient. She had a memory second to none and yet could forgive and let go. She wore her huge heart on her sleeve and yet cultivated an acutely aware and well-informed intellect. All of this made her an enigma to some. But beneath that, I learned she carried an extraordinary integrity. If I dared to cross her, I did rarely, I had to have all of my ducks in a row. I had to have a soundly reasoned argument at the ready. She could not bear a careless decision, and thoughtlessness had no place in her world. The good life for her was one ordered by incredible devotion to detail and consummate concern for the needs of others. It was in the storming and the reconciling that she got to know the people she cared so deeply about. And it's how many of us got to know our beloved Vivian. Even as I prepared for this service this week, from the bulletins to the personnel, from the liturgy of her beloved Book of Common Prayer to this sermon, her presence was still palpable. It is just as Canon Henry Scott Holland penned early in the last century that death for Vivian is nothing at all. She has only slipped away into the next room. She is very close at hand, watching devotedly over her loving husband, her children, her grandchildren, her wider family, her parish, her beloved cottage in Kumhe, her parish away from home, Bath Abbey, and all the souls she encountered, helped, loved, and struggled with on several continents these past 73 years. 
Perhaps the heavenly room she now inhabits is indeed only right through the next door. The mansion of many rooms that Jesus promises is as close as our nearest neighbor, and the path to that heavenly country, as meandering as it might seem at times, is as close as a walk across the street. I half expect to conclude this service and visit with her during the reception. To open my email this afternoon and see waiting for me one of her vividly detailed accounts of today's adventures. It's as awesome a thought as it is frightening. For what if God's love for us is as close, as committed, and as fierce as Vivian's has been? The family tells of a trip through Turkey by railway and coming to a station where there wasn't enough room for the whole family on the next train. The station master, a low-level governmental functionary, sat at his desk, surrounded by constant requests and pressures, prepared to be adamant that there was no space, no room for them at the inn, if you will. Nevertheless, Vivian stood her ground with him in that indomitable way that only Vivian could. No one to this day quite knows how the conversation unfolded, but before the scheduled departure, another carriage was found and joined to the train, and the gear clan soon found themselves in a car that they could enjoy all to themselves for the next stage of the journey. One wonders what would have happened had Vivian been with Joseph and Mary on their way to Bethlehem. Now suppose for a moment that this is precisely what Jesus means when he says to Thomas's uncertainty in today's gospel, I am the way and the truth and the life. That he would stand like Vivian and insist on a new car being attached, a new room being added, a space made for each of us. If you can imagine that, then you begin to understand as I grew to understand profound faith that undergirded, motivated, and empowered every loving act that Vivian undertook in this life. No stitches would be dropped for a knitted sweater, not one detail overlooked in a needlepoint or hem, not one ingredient left unintended, not one word left unnoticed, nor one tiny detail would escape her vigorous, tireless gaze and influence. That kind of ethic, that monumental sort of faithful integrity, as unnerving as it could be from time to time, and indeed it was, was rooted ultimately and deeply in God. Vivian, who adored her ministry among us as a healer and a bearer of the sacraments, who took on every emotional upset in the parish with her huge heart as though it were her own, loved most deeply another passage of John, one that she read frequently to those she visited with communion. Abide in me as I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. For someone who had lived as a foreigner in several lands, who moved her family and household several times, and who confronted and grew through the loneliness that comes with being an outsider, abiding had a special meaning for Vivian.
these latter days as we prayed, laughed, shared tea, and broke bread together as fellow pilgrims on a journey. I learned that Vivian, through all her travels with her beloved Peter for over 50 years, through all the ups and downs of this community and the family she cherished, had taken into the deep places of her soul one of the great riddles of a faithful life. How to abide while being on a journey. Jesus, in the same gospel, and sometimes it seems in the same breath, talks about life in God as abiding, that is, to live fully in and among. And yet he also talks about that life and faith as dynamic and never restful, a way to navigate the vicissitudes of a transitory existence, to undertake a journey that has no arrival point, where it is the journey itself that matters most as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling in the light of God's abiding love. Vivian abode in every place she found herself, through every journey, with every soul, and at all times in her beloved Christ. And yet, there was room to take us all along for the ride with her. What astonishing witness to God's grace she leaves with us in this way. What witness for us to carry forward each in our own way. I can now almost hear her in the next room, helping set out the feast, attending to the details of preparing the rooms, taking in each moment with every fiber of her being, looking forward to the day when we too will cross the threshold to join her. Surely she will be there, waiting to eagerly embrace us with the saints in light. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.